Welcome to Tech London, a show featuring interviews with London's top creative entrepreneurs, startups, investors, design agencies, internet marketers, and freelancers that make up the Tech London online community, which mostly lives on the Slack instant messaging platform. We rotate through both hosts and guests for these interviews, so you have the chance to hear from multiple perspectives on London's tech scene. So welcome back to the Tech London podcast here. It's uh, Jonathan Bailey Strong here. And today I'm joined by Nikesh Ashar. Welcome to the show, Nikesh. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Um, so Nikesh uh, has worked in tech and education for quite some time. Um, and you're very heavily involved with uh, Makers Academy. So I'd love for you to just give us a, a, a brief um, summary of like your your background and how you ended up at Makers Academy uh, and in the technology um, scene in London. Sure. Um, so uh, I guess going way back when um, I graduated from university, having studied air transport engineering and operations, um, and graduated at a time where there were not many jobs in tech. Uh, oh, sorry, in aviation and thought okay what can i do next um so i got into the got into a travel industry uh worked for a hotel contractor which was sort of traveling around the world and negotiating rates with hotels um before the days of booking.com and things like that um uh from there got uh headhunted by britannia travel um and they're a student accommodation provider and got into uh, sort of the the inbound student travel market, um, which I didn't know then, but is worth roughly 50 billion a year to the UK. Um, and uh, worked on a few projects for them, sort of brought in groups. Uh, and then the kind, kind of like the, the segue into tech was working on projects where we had to build properties. And I was building, I was working on a project of building a property in Brighton and we had to pay a web designer about, uh, an, an absurd amount of money to, to build a landing page. I like, I'm pretty sure I can build this myself. So I started researching, like, how can I build websites? How can I sort of build landing pages? Got me a bit into tech, uh, met a few people through Escape the City. Um, and they introduced me to Makers Academy in 20, ooh, 2013, 2014, when they were just starting up. Mm. Um, went along to... Um, I'll never forget this. I went along to their demo days uh, and we still run demo days every, every four weeks. Um, but I went to one that was being run as a, as a novice student or, you know, like a hopeful stars in their eyes and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, th- there was a presentation there of a, of a group of students who'd, who'd never worked in technology before, but after 12 weeks, they put together an app that would, uh, remember a debt so if i owed you five pounds it would remember it and it would continue to uh pester me uh by text or by email or by or by phone call automatically um to pay you and the only way it would stop is if i mark that transaction as paid and if you acknowledged it that it was paid otherwise it would just keep spamming me every hour with text mm. messages and like, that's pretty cool you can build that in an, you can build that in 12 weeks um and i think about a week later i paid my deposit and left my job um, so it was like a, a big career change. Um, so 2014, joined Makers Academy as a student in June, finished the course in September, 
I think I freelanced for about three or four months. Um, so I just camped out in their offices and, and did some freelance work, helped some students um, that were incoming because they ran courses every six weeks. So people that were coming in, they just saw me hanging. Me and a few other students were just hanging out. There was space. Um, and we became alumni helpers. So uh, got paid to help people, you know, do run their first couple of weeks. And I spotted a gap in the, in the sales and marketing, pitched a job and uh, got employed um, by, by their sales and marketing director. Uh, so I kind of hustled my way into a job and then sort of worked my way around the company, done sales, um, admissions, engineering, uh, marketing, a bit of finance. Um, I launched apprenticeships for them in 2017 and 2018. Mm-hmm. And then last year and obviously earlier this year, um, we've gone through a restructure just you know, to, to deal with what's happening at the moment around the world. Um, and, I, and I've landed in the operations hot seat um working with the chief of staff and our ceo to ensure the company survives um yeah so that's uh me in 30 seconds or a minute (laughs) or whatever it was quite a journey Um, Uh and and for those who aren't maybe aren't so familiar with makers academy can you describe you know what what it's like what, what it's about how it's different from maybe some of the other um you know coding boot camps that are out there what makes Makers Academy uh, unique? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so w- when we started, it was um, it was the brainchild of a, a software engineer and uh, an entrepreneur trying to, one trying to hire, Evgeny was trying to hire a software engineer and Rob, who's the other co-founder, was trying to learn to code. And they met, had a conversation in a taxi and decided to launch a business. Um, but but the the... The premise is to to change your career. So it's not just about learning to code. Mm. It's not learning. Uh, you're not learning a particular language, but you're trying to learn to be a software engineer uh, and a good junior developer. So the sort of traits that come with that. So you're always asking questions. You're inquisitive. You, you know, you you have that sort of growth mindset that people talk about. Um, and uh, what we want you to be able to do is go to a company and take these values with you. Um, uh, and it. I think we, we're moving away from the traditional kind of what's now called a boot camp. Um, it, it's not as painful as it used to be. So when I did it, it was the traditional boot camp. You know, we were doing 12 to 13 hours a day, um, seven days a week. But obviously, it's not sustainable. And, and you get a big, big sort of cliff at the end of the course where you're like, the Monday morning after you wake up, you're like, what do I do? Because um, there's no... You know, there's no work to be done. You just got to start this job hunt process. But um, over the years, we've learned, and now the product is is that you you're vetted before you even start applications to come in with us. So we have loads of events and activities before you come and sign up to decide whether software engineering is actually a career for you. Um, and we actively encourage you to reach out to people in our network and in your own network to to test whether it's something that you like doing. Um, the investment that you make is not not just the fees that you pay. Uh, to, to learn, but also, you know, you've got to take into account that three to six months out of work uh, and other things that are going to affect, you know, your your livelihood. So uh, it's a big investment emotionally, financially, uh, mentally and physically. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a life-changing experience. Um, you'd only do it once. Um, mm. Fingers crossed, you know, yeah. if you do it right, you're only doing it once. Um but yeah, it's a, it's essentially a twelve week learning course and then a, a lifelong journey into software engineering. Yeah, and um, 
I'm curious, uh, like the students that go through your program, some of them obviously end up working for companies. There, is there also a proportion that end up founding their own platform or creating their own startups as well? Um, yeah. And if so, yeah. what's, what's the, what does that split look like? Curious. Um, the, the split is quite, uh, it, it's quite a low percentage uh, of yeah. people who go into startups. We, we don't advertise in that market. Um, there are sort of, there, there are specific boot camps that do that sort of work that gear you up to build quick prototypes and things like that. Yeah. Um, whereas we're, we are a, a, a lot more focused on the, on the career changes type of path. So, mm-hmm. and that's kind of shown, uh, with our focus on products that reflect that. So apprenticeships is an example where yeah. we want to make sure people have a career to build on, but the, the startups that have come out of Makers Academy, um, they might not be household brands, but they are sort of raising, uh, they're, they're, they're at a stage now where they're raising, um, sort of millions of pounds. Um, an example is like peg.co who, uh, that it's the, the entire founding team are all ex makers academy students and staff. Um, and they basically are like YouTube and social media influencing influencers platforms. So if you wanted to market your product through an influencer, you'd go through peg. Um, and they, uh, it's a brainchild of someone who used to work for one of Simon Cal's companies. Mm. Um, and I think they raised series a recently of like $21 million or something silly like that. Um, another one's Chattermill that works on NPS scoring as well. So they've raised money, Vinteria, um, so eBay for luxury furniture. So there's quite a lot of startups that have come out of it. It's funny you bring up peg because that was what I was just thinking about. Uh, I think the first time I ever come, came along to Makers Academy uh, was during like a lunchtime kind of demo session and uh, the founder of Peg, Nick, I think his name was. Yeah, Nick Eels, yeah. Yeah, he was giving a little kind of presentation of what he was working on. Um, so, yeah, kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah there's, there's been a few. Um, these a are the notable years. ones. Yeah, it's quite a few years ago. These are the notable ones. Obviously, people go on and start their own products. We've just had someone... Someone who finished the course with us in 2016 has just launched an app that sort of puts all the ride hailing and the ride sharing apps together. So, uh, and then gives you the lowest rate in your area. So they're taking you like minicab feeds, Uber feeds, Halo and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's ride hub or something, but yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually like most people should be able to start their own technical product once they've got the right experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm curious, like, what do you see when you have students coming into the program? Um, what are some miscon- common mis- misconceptions you see or challenges that they have? Um, that... uh, ooh, it's a, where do I start? <laughs> um, <laughs> over the years, uh, I mean, I, when I ran admissions and I, and I sort of developed the admissions process for makers, um, I, I as like a product owner, I just put myself in the deep end and I was taking every interview possible with candidates. So we interview every single person that wants to join makers. They have to go through a call and a, and a technical challenge with us. Um, people, I think the, the biggest or the most common thing that I saw, uh, people see or, or think of was that, uh, we will teach them, um, in the traditional educational sense, like someone will stand in front of you. Uh, like like a lecturer or a, or a teacher and talk to you about things. Um, mm. Whereas our, our educational philosophy is, is pretty much the opposite of that. 
where uh, we expect you to learn by doing, uh, learn by failing. Um, so like failing at something in our environment is perfectly fine. Um, and also with our focus on career changes and people who sort of like our target market is, is people who haven't been in education for maybe sort of five to 15 years. They're, they've been in work. And when you're at work, if you want to need to solve a problem, you ask your boss and your boss solves your problem for you. Or, you know, there's the few people that will go out there and do it themselves um, and uh, or, or get help for it. Um, whereas when you're learning something um, or if you think back to when you were in school, if you didn't know something, you'd put your hand up and you ask your teacher, how do I do X, Y, Z? Yeah. And the way education works is that to get through the class, the teacher will either give you the answer or show you how to get to the answer. We do kind of neither um where we're not going to give you the answer for a sure like even now when people ask me a question um and i'm not in a technical i'm not in a technical facing role but students will often come to me or alumni will come to me with questions about tech stuff i'm, I'm not going to give you the answer let's figure out what problem you're trying to solve and how you're going to solve it um, and that's the kind of mindset that we want people to adapt to and the quicker people get through to that mindset and understand that we're not here to give them the answer because there isn't a single answer to a coding question, um, the quicker they'll realize that they are the, they're the people limiting their own success. Like the quicker you accept that, the, the faster you will grow and the faster you'll understand how to problem solve. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Uh, awesome. Um, so, so just to sort of wrap up, um, uh, obviously, uh, w one of the best places to find you is on the, on the Tech London Slack group. Um, but is there anywhere else, uh, a website or a social media channel of choice that you'd like? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm on Twitter. Um, so Nikesh Asher on Twitter um, or uh, Instagram, uh, MaxJet. But that's obviously sort of my personal um, venting platform, to, <laughs> to say the least. And it's mainly football and food. Um <laughs> But yeah, tech stuff normally on normally on Twitter um, or just grab me on on the Tech London Slack. Amazing, thanks, Nikesh. All right, thanks. Yes. You've been listening to the Tech London Show. If you're interested in joining the community or even making an appearance on this show, make sure you join our Slack group over at TechLondon.io. Till next time. <laughs>